Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Hey! And we're looking at each other. I'm trying to remember the last time we did an IRL face-to-face podcast and I, I think it was pre-pandemic I think it must have been I think it's the one where I snuck over oh yeah do you remember just before yeah the shit hit the fan yeah I do remember that I think it was that one wow that's nice oh I mean I have seen you yeah I've seen in you real lot. life it's quite a lot of you since then <laughs> but just not not for recording purposes no it's really nice I think it lends a new dynamic it does doesn't it yeah I'm worried it's making your voice sound echoey Oh, I'm sorry. Should That's... I come closer to the mic? No, it's closer. just... Well, it's quite sexual when you do. Closer. Yeah. Um, you all right? Yeah, good. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 feel awkward now, actually. <laughs> Looking into each other's eyes. We've got drinks, haven't we? We've got drinks. Importantly. For, for things we will talk about later. Oh, oh that was a rubbish that was quick, Yeah. Oh. the label, that's why. I'm drinking beer and Gabby's drinking wine. Mm. Yeah. So good, you've got a full bar. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, it's useful. Um, Gabby, also, I'd like to describe her outfit today, which is that oh. it's kind of summer in a dress. Oh, thanks, mate. It's so sad. It's like <laughs> l- pale lilac. I'm actually not mad about the colour, it's a bit girly for me. It's, um, it's actually unusually girly for you, but I think yeah. it suits you. And thanks. You should continue to wear it. Gosh, thanks. A little cos number. Mm, lovely, lovely. I love it when cos goes girly. Yeah, it's weird because you know I mean? it's still like shapeless, largely. Mm. Well, it's got and a nice, billowy. a nice nipped-in waist. Yeah. Yes, mm, thanks, mate. A cat sleeve. Mm. Well, um, yeah, it's been nice. I've just driven over to your house yeah. and cried in the car listening to George Michael, uh, Jesus to a Child. Yeah, and as I was saying off air, that's the soundtrack to my childhood because my mum mm. used to play that album constantly. It's such a good album. It is such a good album. <laughs> Yeah, my mum would agree. Makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can get really into it, especially if you're belting it out mm-hmm. in the car. Yeah, yeah, which I always am in the car. Yeah, yeah. On my own. Um, who are we talking to today, Gabs? Well, um, we've got Claire Lynch, Aww. who is an author. An author. Author. An author. Author. Um, of a book called Small on Motherhoods, which came out last year. 
and she is brilliant. Yeah, it's it's about being in a same-sex couple and thinking trying for a baby is going to be hard and then realising that trying for a baby is really hard. Mm-hmm. And then it gets harder <laughs> when they arrive. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Claire's uh, twins were prematurely born. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just really a really thoughtful memoir. And so, yeah, uh, yeah we got her on. Yeah, she was... A- it actually feels now like we did that interview ages ago. Yeah. It was about a month ago, I reckon, month and a mm, half. Maybe, yeah. Um, it was the first interview that we did for this series, actually. Yeah. And I really enjoyed our chat, but I think we were both like a bit rusty and a bit nervous <laughs> before we did it. What is podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but she was really chilled and we just had a really nice chat with her. So yeah. it's fine. She was great. So yeah. you will enjoy it, guys. You will. Yeah. Um, and we're talking to Professor Tim. Yes, we are. Uh, we've. <laughs> it's a good one. It's it's that annoying thing when people say to you, do, would you like to hold my newborn baby? Because I've heard that it rubs off. Oh, it's just so offensive. So now you can give them a definitive answer about whether it works to hold yeah. a newborn baby or not. Yeah. I Does don't... it spring your ovaries into action? <laughs> I don't want to offer any spoilers here, so <laughs> no, I won't carry on talking. Leave, leave everyone guessing as to what <laughs> Professor Tim has to say about that particular question. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, and that's kind of it, right, today? Mm-hmm. I've got some news, which you will find out in a little bit. Yeah, it's a big day. Um, it's not, I've got, guys, I've got some news. It's not that kind of news. It's no, just it's normal not, it's not news. news. It's, it's, it's not like... It's just regular IVF yeah. news. It's not like, so we've got some news. <laughs> no, it's not that. No. It's definitely not that, guys. No. Don't worry, you don't have to turn off your phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got updates of my own kind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, after your... Your big revelation last week. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it's going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the meantime, if you'd like to contact us, you can Twitter us. At Big Fat Negative. You can Instagram us. At Big Fat Negative. You can email us. Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who rated and reviewed the podcast when I kind of did a call to action. Mm. We got so many reviews and they were all nice, which is oh, really good. People are good. <laughs> yeah, people are good. Um, if you would like to rate and review the podcast, that would be really helpful. Of course. Please do feel free. Yeah. Um, it helps other people to find it. It does. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that's... Oh, buy our book, obviously. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Buy the book, buy yeah. the book. That's a big fat negative for anyone who didn't understand the theme. Yeah. Of, uh... <laughs> available, at least one copy available at my local bookshop. I don't know about others. Really? Yeah, there's one in Waterstones, Canterbury. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, not on my local, local one, but oh. I think they specialise in fiction. Oh, maybe. We should yeah. start a campaign. Yeah, we should. Or I could just go in and say, hi, I'm a local author. Would you like to sell my book? And they probably would go, yeah, but I'm too embarrassed. And and then you'll say, well, I've got about 50 under my bed, which is yeah. more than worth to have. <laughs> Um, if you are the owner of Harbour Books in Whitstable, do feel free to get in touch. Indeed. <laughs> um, that buzzing you can might be able to hear in the background is my neighbour starting his car. Oh, gosh, what kind of mm. car has he got? Um, it is a BMW M5 racing thing. Oh, Speedy Gonzalez. It's an absolute fucking beast. Wow. Yeah, and it it, f- he just like wakes the neighbourhood up when it starts. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good times. Now these less woken the podcast listeners as well. Absolutely. Um, so I will leave you guys with the sound of my neighbour driving down the street. Um, <laughs> let's accelerate to the next part of the show. Away. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. 
do. Sorry, just having a big slurp of beer oh, there. Oh, what's that? You're drinking beer, is it? I'm drinking... On this? This day? On this day. I'm drinking Estrella. Because, listeners, tomorrow, I'm having a fucking embryo transfer. Oh, my God. Like, tomorrow? Tomorrow. What, day today for the listeners? Yeah, today for the listeners. You guys, today, I'm having an embryo transfer. I'm having an embryo put in me. It's been so straightforward. Mm. I had an initial consultation. She looked at me and said, oh, there's some endometriomas there, whatever. Then, on the first day of my period, I emailed them. They sent me some drugs. No, it was it was the first day of my period before the period that I was gonna we were gonna do the transfer on. They sent me some drugs. I on the first day of my period started the drugs. Uh-huh. It took me a while to figure out what the first day of my period was. Which was the last time we spoke, right? Yeah. Uh, we've we spoken twice. I think we've spoken then. since okay. then, yeah. And then it's just gone so smoothly. It's just gone so smoothly. And then I went in for a um, I did admittedly have a bit of trouble getting in touch with the mm, hospital, yeah, with the clinic. Um, but yeah, I went in for a um a scan. She said, "Oh, you're looking really good. Thirteen millimeters. <gasps> Thirteen millimeters. That's like a a waterbed." Yeah, no, I think it's better than my last transfer. Um, I will admit that my they they did find some more endometriomas uh-huh. and um also some possible adenomyosis oh full gamut of uh yeah which as um your discerning listeners will know can impact pregnancy yeah but i'm am i optimistic no no i could never be accused of being optimistic <laughs> <laughs> i am still very disconnected from the situation Mm. and I decided that I was going to find a way to connect myself to it Mm -hmm. and so I basically um went to the shops and I bought some really expensive stinky cheese oh very good and some booze right and some um some of the kind of cured meat that you're not allowed to eat Mm -hmm. when you're pregnant Mm -hmm. and I ate them all in two days (laughs) okay well done nice and now and I feel like that's saying I'm going to be pregnant soon so I need to enjoy these things yeah it's kind of doing that what as I'm, is the beer you're drinking as now. As is the beer, yeah. What I'm not doing is cutting down on stuff. Yes. I thought about it at the beginning and then I thought, eh. So I didn't. Okay. Um, But, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I might be pregnant tomorrow. Mm. I mean, I will be pregnant tomorrow legally. Yes, I suppose you will. You'll be poo I'll be poo-po. Um, but I might get pregnant and I might not. But I've really enjoyed myself in the meantime. It's been so much less stressful. I think this is how IVF is supposed to work. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Famous last words. Yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm still like really. I've had so many messages from people being like, "Oh yeah, I went into my second. And I thought it was gonna be easy. Mm, it wasn't easy. Yeah. And um, but there's this just like arrogant little voice in my head that's like, well, it worked last time. Why yeah. wouldn't it work this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just all going to come crashing down. I can totally imagine that. Yeah. That, that voice is there, not that it's all going to come crashing down. Because I, I, even though I'm not trying or going into IVF right now, I do kind of, some part of me feels the same. Yeah. But yeah, I think it would just work again. So I need to know whether I'm ready because it would obviously work again. But I think we're humans, right? Yeah. Like humans, you know, the what's the old phrase of... Um, somebody attributed it to Einstein saying you know the real sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results and like I feel like this is the opposite of that right so like you do the same thing 
twice and expect the same result. That's what yeah. you expect. We're yeah. like a species of engineers and people like that. Yeah. Um, so I think there is a voice that's just like, Meh, it's going to work. I'll be fine. Yeah. But I think that's great. I think it's good that you're going into this positively. I think it, even if, you know, even if it's misplaced and it doesn't work. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for bringing me back down to it. Um, oh, that that buzzing like... that you just heard was my uh, drugs alarm. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, Do we like, need to administer some no, drugs? Well, I'll administer in a bit. Okay. No one wants to come to the toilet for me. No. I'll put that out there. <laughs> I certainly don't. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good. I think having been through this process with you mm. once before it's um and it's obvious we know the reason why this situation is different you do have a daughter now mm. so and it is it's it's obvious because you do seem a lot more relaxed and and into it so yeah it's good I'm glad I'm happy to see it yeah I'm definitely relaxed I wouldn't say I'm into it I'd say I'm actually kind of out of it and that's in a way a good thing maybe like, yeah um but yeah I think what I'm not going to do this time is do a two-week wait episode at all. Like, I'll I'll give you the results of my two-week wait, and then yeah. that will be that for me. Because I think last time, you know, we shared the kind of intimate details of pregnancy after infertility. Um, if you want to listen to that, you can go back and listen to it. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, obviously I'll talk about my decision-making. Do we go through another round? Mm. Like, there's a part of me that's like, maybe we don't we've got we'll have two more embryos I mean obviously if we get to embryo transfer stage tomorrow because we Mm. know plenty of people Mm. who the embryo hasn't thawed or Mm. you know we know loads of people like that yeah so I'm very aware of all the impediments and I'm also aware that if I feel really 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 sad like maybe I don't want to do this again maybe that's it maybe that was my try yeah like well you just leave your options open yeah exactly so we'll definitely have like a debrief whatever yeah. happens i mean next week we'll we'll be chatting about it regardless yeah. but maybe we just won't have that intensity of a full episode dedicated yeah, to it yeah exactly yeah yeah so next week i'll be mid two week wait and then the week after that we'll know and and um, between the <laughs> basically we've got a, my friend and her family with three children coming one weekend lovely yeah and then it's um my daughter's birthday lovely and then the following weekend um my friend and her family coming with three children and also a birthday party for a three-year-old and in between those two events it's gonna be test day where does car fest come in car fest comes in at some point during that. How, when, at what point am i going to be dragging you on stage to talk about infertility are you gonna, is this like the day i don't want to talk about <laughs> no car fest is about a week after testing okay right so the dust will settled yeah but i've got what i'm trying to say is i've got a very kid heavy couple of weeks we do coming have. up and of course as we know hanging around children rubs off and makes oh, yeah. you pregnant so <laughs> Because that's, that's what Tim's about to say, yeah. right? Yeah, it's probably going to work. That's probably going to be the magic bullet. Mm-hmm. It's just hanging around with a million whiny toddlers. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they're all nice kids, but it's it's um, it's definitely an intense couple of weeks. And a, uh, these things, these visits have been planned for like months and months. So I don't mm. really, I, and I don't think I need to cancel. Like maybe after test day, I I revisit it. But yeah, I I'd put some, think... you know, put some lay some ground white down to be yeah. like. Just so you know, this is happening. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That weekend might be out. Yeah, but they're like kind friends. Hmm. 
So I Good. think it'll be fine. Yeah. Sure and also, one of them I saw during my last two-week wait. So I kind of oh, see her as like a talisman. Yes. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I was like, she was like, do you want me to cancel? I like, we don't need to come. I was like, I need you to come. No, you don't understand. You were the good luck. Yeah. You're a charm. <laughs> you with the pink t-shirt, black socks combo these were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is fine. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Getting up. Getting up. Travelling into that London. Yeah. Getting a baby put in me. John is taking two hours out of work to come. How very charitable of him. I was like, I'm pretty sure most people, when they're trying to get their wives pregnant, like to spoon them afterwards for a bit mm, or no. leave some money on the nightstand like not you even know a cigarette not even a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> i however though i'm also in london in a similar area to you and i'm free for cigarettes do you want to come and spoon for a bit yeah come and spoon like your marlboro it's funny though isn't it because it you know he's his attitude to it is so different from last time as well and he's so disconnected and i think it's because he just hasn't I haven't called on him for the emotional support of last time. Mm, yeah. Like he's been fairly unaware of the drugs. It's not like he's joined in. You've been quite quiet about it. Yeah, I don't. I have talked about it a bit because there have been some days that I've had like a volcanic temper, like PMT squared, mm. where I just haven't been able to talk to him. Like he came and sat down next to me. He got home from work one night. He often gets home quite late. And sat down with a massive, in one of those big like packets of crisps and started eating the crisps and rustling the packet. Ooh. And I was like, babe, <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm like at like PMT level 10 and that is going to make me hit you in the face. So could you just go and do it somewhere else? And he just like slunk out like a sad dog. <laughs> I tried to be really like Something reasonable. Yeah. Someone to eat some crisps. <laughs> it's not really bad because he had a long day at work but I was like I'm gonna hit you yeah I'm gonna I mean yeah you. I can understand that that's very fucking annoying yeah you know when like every bone in your body is just like Ugh. yeah and like sound is my thing I've yeah. got like misophonia mm-hmm. and I just could not deal with it oh mm. I'm sure tomorrow's gonna go swimmingly yeah I'm sure it'll be great but maybe we'll do a little bit of a recording if I see you yes yes let's do that you can interview me yeah. About the three minutes of excitement. Okay, yeah. I'm not looking forward to the bladder thing. Oh, um, yeah. Because uh... I feel like you don't need as full a bladder as everyone says. Like, yes. you don't need to be bursting. No. I just don't know but if I've got that much control. <laughs> it is, yeah. Just have a bottle of water with you so you can top yeah. up quickly if they say it's not full enough. Mm. Yeah. Stress. Yeah, you'll be fine. What are you wearing? Easy access? Oh, yeah, I don't know yet, actually. Dress. I haven't even booked a train ticket. Trousers? Yes, yeah, no dress, 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 right? Dress. Although an embryo won't drop out wear of trousers. The same dress as last time. I could, do, do you know, know what dress you're wearing? Do you don't know what you were wearing when you got pregnant? No, I don't. <laughs> Fuck, I am bad at this, aren't I? No. Mm, well, anyway, guys, I'll speak to you next week, and you can find out exactly how traumatizing it was. We can't wait. <laughs> Oh, do you want to do your update? Yeah, sure. Sorry, mate. You made this all about me. That's all right. Yours is uh, slightly more on on message and um, <laughs> important than mine. I mean, mate, what about your hospital? Well, procedure. As as listeners of last week's episode know, I um I went into hospital to have a general anaesthetic last last week last Monday mm-hmm. to have a what I now know is called a hemorrhoidectomy. Oh, lovely. Um, I'll never forget what it's called. 
while I was in the hospital, several people remarked about how it was a notoriously painful operation, <laughs> which I just really didn't need to hear at the time. No. And, and I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's, well, it is funny. Um, and you very gallantly collected me. Yeah, I did. And it was, um, yeah, it was just, oh. You haven't raised the most important part. Yeah, so, okay, when I was, um, when I was going in for my anaesthetic, I was lying on the bed and the anaesthetist was chatting to me as they do. They always make small talk, don't they? they do, Tell yeah. me what you do. And I was like, oh, I'm a journalist. Um, and I thought, oh, this is relevant. And I also have a podcast about IVF. Maybe he's done IVF before. Yeah. Uh, as in worked on it. And the nurse piped up and she was like, oh, what's it called? And I said, it's called Big Fat Negative. And she was like, oh, Gabby, I should have recognised the name. I listened to your podcast. <laughs> I've been on my own IVF journey as well. And I was like, you know, when you're kind of like starting to get a bit sleepy, you're like, oh, I uh, the last uh, time I went under, I was doing IVF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so oh. funny. I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. Um, and but then I came around and I was like, oh, I hope she's around so I can chat to her now rather than me just going. Um, but she never, she was gone. She obviously finished her shift. Um, so it's a shame. Uh, so I never caught her name. And if she's listening, hello. Yeah, give us a um, shout. I'm glad that I cracked a joke about wearing the world's most sexy shorts with a <sighs> bum hole missing. And um, and yeah, it's been quite a it's been quite a tough week. I have to say, it's not a nice recovery is it not it's not oh may i'm sorry there's been moments where i thought i wouldn't be able to get through it oh man <laughs> but hey we're okay we're on the we're on the front foot i think are we on the upward slope we are i think i hope um but yeah it's all good and um it's i don't know it's funny i keep like with you i don't know you you doing this transfer obviously is going to have an impact on me mm. but like so far i'm kind of just like I'm fine about it. Yeah. And I'm starting to get a bit angry at people who have second babies. Right, okay. As in not angry because I want what they have. Mm. Angry because they're making me feel like I should have something yeah. else. I think that's probably one of the things that drove me towards this. <laughs> I just feel like the the prevailing narrative is that you should have two children. Yeah. Everyone does it. Everyone assumes if you don't have fertility problems even mm. if you do have fertility problems which i find infuriating that you should have want to have another mm. and that you should just do it and that's and i'm just like where's all the where's all the one and done where's stuff all the one and done's where's all those narratives there's a good podcast called only you yeah i have actually uh dipped my toe in that mm. i've followed them on instagram yeah i just i don't know i mean and obviously there are people who can't have any and it's just like i don't know why i have to feel inadequate now no i it's funny though isn't it because nobody's being like well maybe they are but most people are not being like look i've got two kids you should have two kids no but it feels like they are no of course no one is saying that to me i mean you know people say like do you reckon you're gonna have another one like our friends asked us the other day who've just had another one are you thinking about number two because it's like a natural thing to say to someone Hmm. and I like I just yeah it's I'm not angry at them but yeah I am angry at random passers-by with two children (laughs) suddenly for some reason I'm like you reinforcing the narrative (laughs) it's like Emma Barnett doing her um like trying to figure out what the age gap between kids is it's the same vibe I yeah I when people have kids um when people have a second kid and their kid is younger than my daughter, mm. I get bitter. Mm. 
I'm just like, fuck Why you. Why did you do that so quickly? How dare you? What is wrong with you? Like, I don't want to go back to Deliciously Ella because I have since met her and she was really nice. Oh, sure. But she obviously, like, had her first kid and then, like, six months later was pregnant with her second. Mm. And I was raging. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? And I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I try to be inclusive. I try not to be unreasonable. But, <laughs> but sometimes you have to be. <laughs> things to do with this, with babies. It's just so, it's so emotive, obviously. And mm. um, and we, you know, I'm not complaining because obviously I'm very, very lucky and privileged to be in a position to say I've already got one. Mm. And I'm thinking about having a second. But, um, but yeah, it is, it's twitch, turning some switch off on inside me that's just like, fury yeah all of a sudden no I'm I'm, I'm I've been there <laughs> I am there I'm always there yeah but then like I feel like if this doesn't work if I can't have a second like maybe I'll, that I'll just chill out because I'll just be like well I can't so yeah I tried it. it didn't work let's yeah. move on yeah exactly and when I say I can't like what I mean is I'm not going through egg retrieval again mm. that's never gonna happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I you know if we try three embryos and they don't work I feel like it will almost bring me peace mm-hmm knowing that I've tried yeah I've done my best I knew where my red line was Mm -hmm. like I hit my limit my limit was too low that's fine yeah so yeah I hope so Mm -hmm. yeah I'll try and not be furious if you you get pregnant and have a second child try and (laughs) contain that thanks appreciate it no worries Okay. Anyway, good luck, mate. Oh, before you go. Oh yeah. I've got a little present for you. You got a present. Got a present for, for you. Me. Yeah. It's a it's a double double kind of double reason oh, present. Can I just? It says to Emma for for getting your new new out and for saving my ass. For getting your new new out and for saving my ass. G kiss kiss. Not even Gabby. Just G. Just G. G. Big G. Big G. Okay. Can I just say it's got lovely. Seagull wrapping paper. Yeah. Or dove. That's because we live by the sea now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So appropriate. So appropriate. My new new. Glowed candles. Booty decorative candle. Mm. Is it rude? I'd say it's rude. Is it it goop vibes? I would say it's a celebration. Is it rude? No. <laughs> uh-huh. It's a bomb and a vulva. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's one of those candles I'm never going to be able to light because it's too pretty. Yeah. Oh, it's what a lovely bomb. It's well. a great bomb, isn't it? Guys, I'll put a picture of it up on Instagram. Thanks, mate. It's beautiful. I love it. Oh, it's like a bit of Oh, thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Claire? Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Hey, so happy to have you on. Um, as we... I mean, we start all all our podcasts the same, mm-hmm. and that is to ask you to tell us about your journey. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a, you know, classic girl meets girl story. Um, we met at university, fell in love, got married, and then, you know, had that sort of conversation people have in those situations about children. And mm-hmm. I think somewhat naively, by which mm. I mean extremely naively, mm-hmm. thought that we would kind of pop down to our local fertility clinic um, and, you know, have the sort of basic IUI package and walk away with a baby, you know, by tea time. Right. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, as a lot of listeners to your podcast will know, you know, the story didn't kind of quite work out like that. Um, so flash forward about sort of, I think, sort of five and a half, sort of six years of um you know the way fertility treatment kind of upgrades itself kind of each cycle yeah. you know the yeah. slight each time you know slightly more aggressive drug protocols or you know slightly more invasive uh tests and procedures and a sort of endless um throwing ourselves into that kind of bottomless pit of uh hope and you know <laughs> money mm-hmm. um mm-hmm which is probably familiar to lots of people listening yeah. here. And, and, and then with our, with our, am I going to say journey as well? I mean, you started it with the journey, yeah, I suppose. Is, so I'm going to have to join it's in. It's a placeholder word until we can we think do of so yeah. disparagingly. Um, we, we must add, we've been trying to find a replacement for the word. I know it's hard. I'm struggling years. to offer it's, one up to be honest. So I'll, hard, yeah, it? it is hard. <laughs> um, you know, the, I, I, I did get pregnant as a result of IVF treatment and then had a miscarriage. Mm. And it was a kind of a turning point, really, which was something that I I sort of have have written about in this book, which is a a kind of, I suppose, something of a revelation, which was after having tried everything, thrown everything at it, you know, eaten my body weight and pineapple core and all of that stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I kind of had to make a decision, which was, do I want to be pregnant or do I want to be a mother? Right. Mm. And so that was the point at which we made a decision to switch over our roles in the reciprocal IVF. And when we did that, uh, my wife, Beth, became pregnant um, with embryos that had been collected from me so we both were doing the IVF kind of cycles but those kind of separate parts of it um 
and that's how we made our family mm. um so it's kind of a often sort of seems now a sort of short story yeah, <laughs> yeah. i guess there's you know we'll we'll get we'll get you know <laughs> all of all of that yeah all of that, that's like, quite an abridged version yeah. that's an abridged version yeah, yeah i mean you know we've all got places to go later i guess but um <laughs> you know that that sort of um you know kind of being in it from different perspectives i suppose is mm. is is kind of my experience yeah um yeah i was going to ask you about that if you could maybe just explain what reciprocal ivf is for anyone listening who doesn't know and then just yeah interested to know what that di- dynamic was like because as you say you've kind of played both played both parts in a sense yeah so reciprocal ivf is when in a same sex couple basically one woman is going to uh, carry the baby uh, or babies and uh the other is uh with, with the other's eggs or em- so the embryo so the egg collection part of the ivf uh takes place for one partner but when it comes to the transfer the transfer is made to her partner so for a lot of same-sex couples for women it's sometimes seen as a way of feeling that you're both biologically involved in the making of your children mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a way of feeling, you know, that nobody is a sort of observer of the fertility treatment, that you're both, you know, experiencing that whole, um, yeah, I suppose that kind of physical engagement with it and also a, a kind of, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's sort of maybe for some people also a kind of way of feeling that the burden of all of that sort of the injections and you know whatever it's kind of also something you're both experiencing um so yeah so that's that's the way and we would you know I suppose as you say we kind of both had experience of both kind of roles of that um what are your emotions like I feel like if you if you have gone into this thinking I'm gonna get pregnant Mm. and then you can't and then you have to watch you know obviously the love of your life but also you know, with my with my husband, I'm quite competitive sometimes. But you know, you've you've got to watch another person be pregnant with a child that you wanted to be pregnant with. Is that hard, or is that are you are you just getting over that? Or yeah, I think the the, the short answer is is no, it's not hard actually. <laughs> because right. I mean, or it wasn't for me because mm-hmm. I think you know it's it, it's about the you know. It's about the two of you making your family. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, <laughs> whatever the makeup of your, you know, family structure, kind of in most cases, one person is doing that. Although there are lesbian couples where both of them are pregnant at the same time, which, you know, all hats off to them. But, you know, yeah. I don't know who does the I shoes up would be or, intense. you know, who drives. All of that is just a, a kind of that's a real, you know, Im- impressive feat as far as I'm concerned. Mm. But um yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. I think everybody assumes, and certainly at the time, you know, I think there was a narrative from the um, the counsellor at the fertility clinic, the narrative that it would be really destructive and it could be, you know, that there would be okay. feelings of jealousy or um, resentment. But I think it's not really, I think it's not really like that when what you're trying to, when you can kind of remember yeah. That what you're trying to achieve is is having children together. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'm sorry I made the exact same assumption that everyone made. 
No, I mean, I get it. I mean, I see, I see in a way why you, why, why people do make that assumption because especially when you know what that kind of feeling of investment in working so hard to get pregnant mm. means to you mm. and the kind of sacrifices you, you physically go through to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think also it's a sort of, um, what's the way to describe this really? I'm conscious that it's also an avenue that had my partner been a man, I wouldn't have had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a kind mm-hmm. of, you know, I could be, you know, I think rather than feel kind of torn up with, uh, you know, jealousy or a kind of competitive, it's more, thank goodness that between us, we managed to make that happen. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. what a kind of, pri- what a funny privilege in a way, <laughs> you know, that was kind of lurking, you know, in plain sight, really, that we, um, you know, and, and I think that feeling that, okay, I wasn't able to do that part, but I was, I mean, I don't like to brag, but really very good at producing eggs. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, something of a yeah. forte turns out. Hey. So, you know, hey. so the teamwork really did make the dream work in that sense. So that was okay. There's a sort of sense that it was um, a way of kind of getting to that kind of place. Yeah. 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 Was there ever, um, after your loss, which I think we'd, we'd talk about in a minute, but was there ever a, a diagnosis that made you think, okay, well, I I can't do this bit anymore? Um, or was it just to kind of like, that had happened, so you thought, right, let's try something else? Yeah, no, frustratingly, I had that sort of unexplained infertility diagnosis where every kind of cycle, they'd be like, everything looks fine, the tests were all fine, the numbers are all fine. It's just, you know, um, you know that sort of, it's not working, we don't really know why Mm. so I think it was one of the reasons why it ended up being such a long um process and why there wasn't a kind of why we maybe didn't get to that decision sooner is because if there isn't a diagnosis I think it's very Mm. hard to to stop right or to kind of make another decision because you know all the doctors are telling you is you know basically everything seems fine you know it's, it's sort of a uh, numbers game isn't it if you take yeah. enough chances uh there's no reason necessarily why it won't work out but mm. you know there comes a point where it's not working out and you've got to <laughs> you it's know read the cards yourself haven't you and it's you know there's a lot it is a lot so yeah yeah can i ask i'm always interested because obviously iui is is the first port of call for same-sex couples often and I wondered what your thoughts are on it did you you didn't get pregnant from the IUI right no no and I think it's a I mean it's a it's a slightly kind of contentious area right now isn't it because mm. you know you've probably been following in the news that lots of you know same-sex couples are kind of made to pay for private IUI treatment in order mm. to prove themselves eligible for NHS um, IVF treatment and yeah I mean I think it's a kind of an interesting thing because it's sort of uh, that assumption that there won't be any fertility issues with same-sex couples is kind of quite pervasive right and you know in a sense there's no reason why <laughs> you wouldn't have you know any of the same kind of underlying um, issues that's your your sexuality is not kind of determining the yeah. you know quality of your eggs or the you know <laughs> mm. how, however welcoming your womb is or any of those things so I think um yeah I think for for quite a lot of people I think that sort of 
IOI can be a sort of prolonging, um, can kind of prolong the process in a sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, which and I'm not always sure. I mean, I can see why the argument is to be as, you know, to avoid the, the most kind of invasive and medicalized processes if you can. But I think for a lot of people, if that's not working, it, it, it just kind of, you know, um, can make people feel they've been kind of held back from getting the most effective, you know, treatments yeah. for quite a while sometimes. Yeah. It's just expensive, isn't it? Well, uh, the whole thing is very expensive, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, and I think that sort of, um, yeah, the, the knowledge of that maybe and kind of the decisions people make um, with that in mind. Yeah, I think it's kind of not discussed as much as it maybe needs to be, really. Mm, yeah, it's true. And also, if you think about it, like this country needs people. We don't actually have enough people to su- sustain the country. So I've always said that like anybody who wants IVF should really get it. This is a good mm. economic plan. So you just yeah. produce more people. That's what we need to do. Because yeah, otherwise I we're mean... going to end up with loads of um, like <laughs> really old people and there's no one young to pay for them <laughs> or care for them. <laughs> well i think you've nailed That's this uh, yeah. our other podcast about <laughs> yeah. um population density <laughs> yeah if you Don't could send, send me some graphs on that yet. that would be excellent yeah, yeah. get the pie charts out yeah. <laughs> yes um i mean you, we, you talked a bit about your your pregnancy loss there what what did it do to you like you know emotionally how did you feel afterwards yeah i i I've yeah I've talked about this a little bit on other podcasts as well and I think um I want to use more uh I want to use more thoughtful and sensitive language but it might it really just turned me mad Mm. um Mm -hmm. I lost my mind you know I think that's the only and I I I don't mean that in a kind of flippant sort of way um and I I I think that sort of um you know sense of kind of truly for for however I don't know for the initial kind of days and weeks kind of truly operating outside of the real world in a way that I don't think has happened to me at any other point in my life Mm -hmm. um and and I think a lot of that I mean it's always awful when that happens to, to somebody but I think there is a sort of different you know kind of accent to it when you've been so focused and working and all of the things that we've been talking about when you it's been your sort of virtually your full-time job yeah uh, you know to get <laughs> to that point so that I think you completely over react to the positive present pro- positive pregnancy test mm-hmm. and immediately do that sort of imagine this child's entire life story mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. from that minute in the bathroom mm-hmm. because you've been kind of not letting yourself think of it yeah for all of those years you know um so I think then to go from that sort of relief and joy of that to the sort of more bad news I think did do something um I think it I think it leaves a kind of permanent damage on a person actually or on a couple um Mm. you know kind of whatever happens next yeah did it affect your relationship yeah, I th- well, I mean, I think so, and I'm, I kind of, I want to, I want to sort of be honest about that sort of initial, um, the grief of that experience because mm. I so admire people who are able to be honest about that and the good I think it does for other people to hear it, mm-hmm. 
but I also think that, I mean, I don't want to be kind of trite about it, but I think it also was kind of the thing that allowed us to make that really important decision, which changed our lives. Yeah. You know, I think it needed to kind of reach that real point of tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> sorry to say, rather than just kind of frustration and failure, it was mm-hmm. a kind of real like, okay, this can't get worse. What are we going to yeah. do about it? But I suppose you know? you the thing was with these situations when you can never know at the time that, that this is about to set you on a path that will lead you to, to success and, and what you want. No, exactly. It's hard in that moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, and I don't think that, you know, it wasn't like, you know, wake up the next day and think, well, I think, you know, <laughs> the, the the plan is clear. Um, everything took, happens uh, for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Let's, um, you know, brainstorm plans. Um, oh, it, it wasn't no. that, but it, it, it was, you know, a, a kind of necessary, I don't know, a motivator in some ways, right? Yeah. You know, it's a yeah. kind of, it's yeah. a, it's, 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 it's a kind of prompts a decision um to at least do something different right because I think that's the that can be the thing if you're kind of trapped in this cycle of cycles right <laughs> you just yeah. like, keep on doing the same old thing and eventually it's going to work that's, it doesn't happen like that does it really and at some point one way or another something has to change and did your um something that something changed did the sperm donor ever change did you all guys always have the same sperm donor no, we did use, um, you know, across that kind of whole, uh, the uh, trying unsuccessfully process. No, we did use different sperm donors during that. Um, so no, I can't, I can't blame the anonymous sperm donor in any of the, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, in the, the rehashing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I don't, you know like we're making fun like rightly of everything happens for a reason but it Mm. it it does feel to me now that you know I can't I can't look back on all of this in any other way than genuinely feeling you know if that hadn't happened I wouldn't have the children I have now Mm -hmm. you know and that has to be a kind of um you know, clearly I would have much rather not had to go through all of that shit first to get there. Like if that no. was one of the options available. We could all do without that. You know, I'm not saying I wouldn't sign up to that kind of alternative history for sure. But, you know, I think there is a sort of, you know, a bit of a sense of that really. Um, that, you know, for all of these kind of difficult changes, it does do something also kind of toughening to you, right? Yeah, um, it's funny. Yeah. It's like a weird cosmic thing, isn't it? That you, like once you've kind of been through it and once you've, got to where you wanted to be you can look back at it very philosophically right yeah but then when I you're th- going through it it's very hard to think of it that philosophically yeah and I don't want to be smug about it either and kind of say oh well you know that all sort of um served me well in the long run it's not it's yeah. not really that but it is certainly the case that um you know our um our first baby's twins were born quite prematurely mm. and then uh we went through quite a long-ish period of them being in uh in the NICU and there was at least there was partly a bit of a sense of like sure of course this is how this is gonna end up um you know but also a bit of a kind of strange dark comfort (laughs) that we kind of felt like well look we are kind of we've been forged now (laughs) yeah through some pretty tough stuff we're kind of ready yeah for this other difficult thing 
And and what stage were they born at? They were born at I think thirty two weeks, thirty two plus oh, wow. four. Yeah, yeah. So one was just under five pounds, and one was just over five pounds. Wow. Um. Oh, so you know, it was pretty kind of dramatic stuff. Mm. You know, the emergency cesarean and the um, you know, the babies being kind of rushed off without us seeing them virtually, all that kind of stuff. Um, what what yeah. happened? Um... They, uh, well, much as they continue to do now in the, you know, real world, kind of were bashing each other around a bit, I think, and burst the amniotic sac of oh <laughs> one of them. So they were just um, ran out of room, I think, really. So I think that's the thing. Often when there's kind of twins who are the size of like one quite enormous baby, I think they just kind of get to the point where, um, you know, where that happens. So in the, you know, it, in the in the end, again, I'm happy to say everything was fine, but there was some scary kind of couple of weeks where, uh, you know, we were all moved into the hospital and they were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all of those interventions that we're kind of familiar with for very premature babies. Um, mm. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do think that there was a little bit of a sense that we were armed in a way yeah. that maybe we wouldn't have been if it had been plain sailing up until that point. It's funny, isn't it? Because there's some people who react like that, and then there's some people that we speak to, and you know, something awful happens, and they yeah. there's a lot of like, well, I I didn't deserve to be a mother anyway. I wasn't supposed to be one. Oh, yeah, there's there's two kind of schools of thought on that. I feel. Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? I think um, yeah. it's tough enough, though, isn't it? Really, without yeah. you know, punishing, layering it? that on yourself as well. Yeah, mm. absolutely. absolutely. And so, what prompted you all these years later to to write a book about it? Well, I had so much time on my hands uh, with all I of these. No, your twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and spoiler, another baby as well. Um, so, no, I. Truthfully, I started writing it when actually when they were in hospital, um, when they were born, not really thinking I was writing a book, but just trying to make a bit of sense of it and trying to work out, you know, what was happening to them. Uh, You know, there was obviously that very initial stage where Bethan's in her hospital bed in one part of the hospital and I'm in the NICU with the babies and I'm running back and forth with my little notebook saying twin A's on oxygen at this percentage and twin B's getting this antibiotic. and I, as I was doing that, started to note, I suppose, kind of what that was like in a sort of more contextual way and think about, you know, trying to kind of get the story of the beginning of our family um, for our own sakes, really. Mm. Uh, so it started like that. And I think, you know, as the experience went on, I mean, there are lots of times, I think, when our family is either kind of invisible to the world mm-hmm. people sometimes don't really see two mums or it's the opposite and you're sort of super visible and everyone is like mm, oh that's that family with the two mums um so you know that kind of the book comes out of that experience really I think we have very fixed ideas of how families are made and what families look like and all of those things mm-hmm. and I think it helps all of us really to have narratives that are not that in the world you know kind of stories that you know remind us that it's it's you know 
all of these things, you know, like sometimes it's very hard for people to start families and that's going to affect how they parent probably all of those things. So, you know, part of, I think the book is, you know, which I'm sure we all kind of experience, but that sense that you are forced to look at the world in a different way yeah, because of this experience and because of, you know, being forced to look at the world through the eyes of your children in some ways. Mm. And mm. I, I really felt that we don't get to acknowledge that very much actually. And it's sort of an important, just an important story, I, I guess, to sort of remind us all <laughs> um, yeah. that, you know, we were there once too in some way. And that's kind of a, a sort of valuable um just a valuable way of seeing. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I just think it's a gorgeous idea and a gorgeous name for a book. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that because, yeah, it's obviously the you know the smallness of, and it's I think really relevant to this conversation tonight because I think it does something to you to really be thinking of your child from the size of a cell. It's mm. extraordinary that we get you that. know that we get that mm. and we're kind of really imagining them at that stage yeah um and really kind of conscious of that and then what that does to your kind of ongoing sort of sense of things really sorry this is getting a bit sort of no I just do you know what I remember when I was very early on in my pregnancy and you know I'd I'd seen a tiny smudge on a scan Mm. as it went in and um just feeling like that I just had the most tiny vulnerable thing that I had to take care of yeah and that that sense that I think if you're conceiving a baby through fertility treatment that you're so much more conscious of that stage Mm. I think because you're seeing it on a screen and you're you know ticking off your chart of the medication that you're taking on the you know in the two-week wait and all of those kinds of things yeah um yeah and and I yeah I think it kind of shifts your your kind of perception and your the way that you're imagining that future because you're kind of imagining a future earlier than, you know, might otherwise be the case, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think it's one of the small um, benefits that infertile people have is that you get to have those early scans where you actually see something that most people never, ever see. Um, I've got little scan photos of my son looking like a beetle <laughs> no one no one else in a normal yeah. pregnancy would have those no absolutely we we you know there was a bit of a, an an early scare and um so there was another early scan and they they're I mean they look like jelly babies it's unbelievable mm-hmm. that they're so kind of visibly babies already yeah um and you're right you wouldn't you wouldn't get to see that and that's you know there are pros and cons obviously to kind of <laughs> having that image and kind of knowing about it but yeah mm. i think it is um yeah a privilege in, in lots of ways and can i ask obviously you guys went in um to have a third child what was the process of going through the treatment for that did you guys have a completely different mindset i imagine you didn't have quite so much time on your hands um what was that like for you yeah, it was a completely different process. The we had a frozen embryo. Uh, who, oh, well, Trumpy I know. Eggs. I mean, again, <laughs> what can you do? Pure class. But they were, <laughs> and they were, they were, they were frozen at the. Uh, basically, it was one of those situations where you know, um, oh, it doesn't look like it's going to be good enough. Uh, in that kind of original cycle oh and then you know phone call the day after oh, I think it's okay to freeze and then that 
embryo is sort of you know lurking then at the back of your mind mm, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah yeah you know for the kind of subsequent couple of years and you know one of the things I've written about in the book is that feeling I was very kind of conscious every time I was on the tube going underneath where I knew the fertility clinic was kind of feeling like we've left a baby there yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna need to go and you know get him or her at some stage you know and feeling that sort of because I think once you'd once we'd seen it you know once we'd seen it work once we were living with our children and kind of feeling like it wasn't all a sort of uh scam (laughs) you know or a kind of fantasy um you know it kind of gives those frozen embryos a different level of reality too yeah Um, it stops being sci-fi and it becomes you know real life yeah exactly yeah so it was in 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 practice, actually, it was very healing, I'm going to say, like some sort of hippie, um, <laughs> you know, because actually it was very straightforward and we kind of, you know, we were much more relaxed and it was, right. uh, you know, it all felt like it was all happening on lovely sunny days and it worked fine. And it was, you know, it felt like how it, you know, you want it to be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a really good thing. I mean, I, I, again, it's not that simplistic in the moment because certainly we were both very anxious about being kind of drawn back into that sort of <laughs> in my mind I'm now envisaging some sort of you know like dark whirlpool that kind of yeah. draws you in and you like kind the upside of down yeah and just being yeah exactly and just being like what's going to happen if this doesn't if this frozen embryo doesn't work what do you do you've kind of yeah said you want another baby do you go through all of that again is that quite a greedy thing to do when you already have two children you know is it kind of somehow morally (laughs) problematic to then put them and you through all of that knowing what that can look like um Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's I think that is a really challenging kind of stage for people to be at really um so yeah that's that was kind of it I mean yeah I'm I am I mean, obviously, I'm glad it worked out <laughs> for mm-hmm. all of those, you know, obvious reasons. But yeah, it, it's certainly like not straightforward, is it? That sense that the, no. once the kind of potential is there, you're making quite a different up. decision. Yeah, yeah. And it's that, yeah, you're right about having those embryos that are just kind of drawing you in. Yeah, you like it's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, of babies on your shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, we would only ever have one more ever. And we've got three embryos, so who knows what will happen with the other two. But um, it does, it feels like it's really scary this time because I do not want to enter the madness again. But maybe, maybe yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that knowledge means you don't. Yeah, maybe it does. But, you know? but I won't find out yeah. until I step into the portal. <laughs> so it's too late. <laughs> yeah. The vortex. So, yeah. 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 So, well, do you know what's really good, though, for making sensible decisions? is loads of hormones uh, kind of pumps into you so you know you're bound to feel completely static about the whole thing and just kind of on a level it'd be fine yeah Yeah. super excited for that i look forward to (laughs) observing this (laughs) anyway making your decision based on that right well claire it's been so nice to speak to you yeah thank you so much for sharing this with us oh thanks so much for having me i'm just um so in awe of you and others who are so kind of I don't know like that that vulnerability that is real kind of warrior bravery and talking about it and um you know I would have been eating up the podcast I think if um 
you know, at, at that time, I think I was mm-hmm. a generation of the sort of those slightly creepy message boards. Oh yeah, they're oh, so yeah. great. You yeah, know, where people fun. had those those little emojis with you know, and you would just kind of scan them, looking for the answer that you wanted them to yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, I think these kind of actual (laughs) real conversations are just such a wonderful thing for you know for us all to have and you know be part of yeah absolutely and um uh plug for the book yeah the book is called small on motherhoods it's available in paperback now and audiobook Mm. if you want to um listen to the bit where i'm clearly crying but pretending not to be (laughs) then you know go ahead and uh, download that on audible um then you know and just to be clear i mean there are some jokes in it too i've made it sound very (laughs) you know depressing but um you know i hope it's uh it's uh, you know jolly in its own way too (laughs) bye now our second silliest one mm. after mcdonald's chips yeah uh i can't wait to listen to professor tim's response yeah because it's... is he as huffy as he was after mcdonald's i would say incredulous certain... yeah that's <laughs> definitely a huff after mcdonald's yeah Incre- <sighs> <laughs> incredulous and swift yes sure so if you missed the beginning just to reiterate the question is if you hold a newborn baby does some sort of baby magic rub off you and and somehow magically get you pregnant as some people like to 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 say to jive to joke about shoving your babies at you going go on hold it i bet you can't imagine what professor tim's answer is i think i've got an idea (laughs) um no sadly there is no logic or science to that uh at all and i really can't think of any way that that holding a newborn baby nice as that might be could improve uh, either your own natural fertility or improve the chance of an embryo implanting during IVF so I think if you want to hold newborn babies then go ahead but don't don't do it because you think it's going to improve your own fertility the end guys it's the end we'll be back next week with another fresh slice of bee to the f to the n Buffin. to the podcast <laughs> i just feel like we needed four there um who are we talking to next week next week a real treat for everyone mm-hmm. it's the worst girl gang girls bex and laura the worst girl gang ever girls ever, ever. um yeah the, we went on their podcast and now they're coming on our podcast to talk about their new book which has just come out Yes, mm-hmm. came out last week. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. It's also called The Worst Girl Guy. They've also obviously got a really good imagination, <laughs> imagination like we do. Yeah. Um, but yes, obviously, it's a brilliant podcast about baby loss and they do a lot of work in that area and they're very funny. So yeah. we enjoy chatting to them. Me did. See you then. See you then. Bye. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 